Hey guys, today we have a very special episode because it is my very first special guest, my dear friend, Katie Donahue, and we're going to be talking about taking off the mask. I know this is kind of a little bit of a controversial subject, but what do I talk about that's not controversial? Make sure you check out the show notes for some resources on um, different mask studies and, of course, where you can find me at gainingmyperspective.com. This is the Gaining My Perspective podcast, and you're hanging here with me, Wendy Cunningham. You're here to get empowered, inspired, informed, and encouraged as we navigate the everyday journey of this crazy life. Stick around, because we're going to laugh, and we're going to learn. And above all else, we're going to gain perspective. All right. Hello, everyone. I'm so excited to have this episode with my very first guest on the podcast, my dear friend, Katie Donahue out of California. And uh, we actually are uh, kind of in business together, you might say. And uh, we also had the great experience. It was a great experience of um, walking the mall in Washington, D.C. on January 6th. So she and I are buddies and we have um, had loads of conversations about in regards to the pandemic, the way that it's been handled. Obviously, she's in California. I'm in Tennessee. Just the differences, specifically masks. We're going to circle around that today. And then, of course, now moving into the vaccine passport idea and all of this stuff. I asked Katie to come on and chat with me because she is, she has decided that the hill she will die on is the masks. And I love that about her. Uh, I think we all have a lot of hills that we're going to die on these days, but um, she's very informed and very active in pushing back against the masks, um, especially in a state like California. That's not easy to do. So we're excited. Thank you, Katie, for coming on. Of course. I'm honored. I didn't know I was going to be your first guest. I know. <laughs> either. I just fly by the seat. <laughs> I love it what sparks, right? So I kind of want to jump off by talking a little bit about going all the way back to the beginning, because I think the notion is that if you are in opposition to the media narrative, right, which is that this is the scariest thing ever, and we really need to take action to protect everybody and, you know, just fear, fear, fear. If you are not in alignment with that, it means that you think this is a hoax or, you know, you, you're not taking it seriously or you don't know the facts or whatever. And I just wanted to say for our family, my husband and I, my husband was someone who was paying attention to this virus before it was in the United States. You know, he has a good friend here in Tennessee who had just come back from China with his brand new wife um, from China. So he was kind of talking to him back in, gosh, December and January when this was really big in China. Uh, we're talking about December of 2019 into January of 2020, when we went um, on a trip to Maui, uh, we were talking about it. Then I, I remember him watching it on the news. This, it was just absolutely not being spoken about here in the United States yet, really. And then we were in Mexico and you were on that trip also, right? Yes, I was. We were in Mexico in uh, late February or mid-February. And I remember coming, he was obsessed with it while we were there. He kept telling me, this is going to be so serious here. Like we're not, we're not paying close enough attention to this. This is such a big deal. And I was really like, I think maybe you're being overreactive. 
But then when we were coming back into the country, they asked us, have we been in mainland China in the last two weeks? And I was really, I've, you know, I've traveled outside the country a number of times. I've never been asked a question like that. So that was kind of our, my first eye opener. And that led us to, um, I actually canceled a flight at the beginning of March, even though, you know, my friends here thought I was totally overreacting because I thought this is going to get, we're starting to see cases here in the United States at that time. I was very nervous about it. And I will tell you, we live in a very rural part of Tennessee and my husband and I were the first and only people wearing masks, <laughs> way back, <laughs> ironically, way back in March and April. I mean, there was no mask mandate in Tennessee. Absolutely zero humans were wearing masks around here when we were wearing not just cloth masks, but the N95 masks, you know, early, early on. So I don't, I, as we go forward into this conversation, I want to ask you also, you know, what was your perception as this thing got up and running? I don't want it to be thought that because I have a stance now that that was always my stance, because I feel like I have totally swung to the other side of the spectrum, but I wanted to say that because we're going to talk about taking off the mask today. So what about you, Katie? What was your perception as this was coming down? Kind of share a little bit about what you were walking through. Yeah, I think this is really important because you and I both have talked about how, you know, we we were taking off the mask <clears throat> and it's important to know that it's okay to change your mind on something because that's what it takes time to kind of do the research for yourself and make, we both believe so have strongly in medical freedom and we need to be able, like freedom is my love language. I've been saying that for the last few months and I can't feel free with a mask with my, you know, the main part of my body where I breathe oxygen is covered up. Um, so I'll tell you my, our husbands are very similar, Wendy. So I thought my husband was crazy here. I had earned him a trip to the Caribbean and Mexico with, with, you know, with this company. And I was kind of embarrassed. He was wearing a mask on the airplane. I was like, what are you doing? Everybody was like, <laughs> everybody was like looking at him weird. Nobody was wearing a mask. Of course, this is February of 2020. And he was wearing a mask. He was like, there's this thing from China and I'm not getting it. I'm wearing a mask. And so we get to Mexico. We had a great time. He wore the mask on the way home. I thought he was a bit crazy, but I was like, Hey, you do you again, medical freedom, right? Do what you need to do to make yourself feel safe or, you know, comfortable. And, um, the thing that I had a problem with was when it was mandated. So let me kind of tell you, or just being forced everywhere we go. And I believe I'm going to kind of swing all the way to where I think where we are right now is the, um, the, um, vaccine passports that are coming at us hot everywhere you go right now. I was just talking, you know, we were talking with some friends from Ireland. I have a friend today who couldn't go into a doctor's office with her husband who was sick because she hadn't been vaccinated. Our uh, local university just announced that. And if you want to play sports or live in the dorms next year at Chico state, you must be vaccinated. I mean, it's coming in hot. And so I'm going to take you back to how this started for me. Cause again, it's like the progression of it. Um, so when my husband was wearing the mask on the airplane, I thought he was crazy. So then March happened and I started, remember when it all came down in one or two weeks, it was like, boom, like shut the whole country down. I remember at first I was very anxious about it because I thought what's going to happen to our economy. And then I became very concerned about it because I'm watching President Trump stand next to Dr. Burks and Dr. Fauci. And they were all saying the same thing that 2.5 million people, I think was the models that they were showing were going to die. 
And I remember thinking, what is that going to look like when 2.5 million people drop dead in the next three months? What is that going to look like? And could it be somebody that I love and care about? Immediately, we're all living in fear immediately, right? So I put the mask on, I lock down, I stay home. And this lasted all through March until the the end of April. I remember I have an autoimmune disorder. I remember sending my husband to the grocery store because I felt like I wasn't safe to be out. I remember taking the groceries on my Island and, you know, taping off half my Island. And I put my groceries on half and wipe everything down and then put them across on the, on the clean side. Like I was (laughs) right. Totally get that. I remember seeing friends playing together while my daughter and I were on a walk and telling my daughter, like, okay, they could be spreading the virus. That's not responsible. This is where I was. And I want everyone who's listening, who's going to listen to this to know it's okay to change your mind with time and knowledge. And so, um, I started, this is for me, I'll kind of tell you two things, two reasons why I kind of made my shift at the end of April, I started watching. And I remember thinking, well, I'm not seeing people drop dead yet. I mean, we saw it across, you know, on, on the internet, whatever that meant in videos. But I remember calling friends who were nurses in New York, calling friends who were, um, uh, like, um, respiratory therapists, nurses in Chico. I was talking to everyone I could get a hold of Texas, Washington, Idaho, messaging them, asking them how they're doing. Are the hospitals flooding? And this thing wasn't spreading. It wasn't as dangerous as we thought it was going to be. So right about when I started to realize this thing isn't as dangerous as we thought it was going to be. All of a sudden we're supposed to wear masks on our face everywhere we go. And in my gut, it felt so wrong. And I remember friends posting, it's just a mask. What's the big deal? Mm-hmm. Well, you guys, here we are today where you can't travel to see your mother in Ireland, unless you quarantine for two weeks. And we can kind of get into that. You can't play sports at a university unless you have a vaccine that's experimental, you know, and that's, what's wrong with, um, that was kind of my journey with the mask. So you were kind of early on, um, feeling that, you know, I, I, that stirring in your, your spirit that this was not going to go well, that's kind of a testament to you. I, I definitely think it took me a little bit longer granted, and we can kind of go into this too, because I think it's, you're in a rural area of California and I'm in a rural area of Tennessee. So we're both in the same rural areas. However, different States have handled this so radically differently. Right. And so, although, you know, we in Tennessee, we've not had a statewide mask mandate of any kind. Um, and where I am, you know, when I go into Nashville, it's a lot more, um, strict, (laughs) you know, there's definitely a lot more people complying with the masks, but also, you know, there's a lot more requests for people to be wearing masks. Whereas down here, there, there hardly is even any signs, but I would say, uh, at least half, if not more people are not wearing them and have not been, you know, um, it is very relaxed where I'm, where I am. So I know that, um, in California, it's been a little bit different. And can you kind of speak a little bit about how it's been in your area versus kind of the state? I think you're in a little bit of a better area in California versus the state, but maybe you can kind of talk about how it's been in California. Yeah. So I remember we traveled once we realized that we weren't going to all drop dead and, you know, and I had to get my head around some faith, you know, like I can't live in fear. I couldn't live like that forever. First of all, it's not good for our bodies. Like I recognize that right away. I thought, what are some holistic ways that we could be helping with this instead of, because I truly believe that the mask is a sign that COVID is everywhere still. 
Mm-hmm. And if we're using our brains, we can look at the hospitals and see that they're not overflowing, right? They're not flooded. So if I have to choose faith that God has a plan for me that I just have to live and walk in faith and, and, and know that I can control certain things like how much vitamin D am I getting? Yeah. You know, what are the feelings around that I'm having? Cause if I'm living in fear, that's, that's, that's working. It's working negatively on, I believe on my organs and my body. Like I want to live in faith and happiness and joy and love and all those things. So when I was traveling, I was starting to see that they were all wearing masks. And I remember thinking, okay, like, this is interesting. We're now, we kind of had a two or three months of anecdotal notes to kind of like, see, like there was a big church in Palermo just down the road from me on mother's day in May who got together for mother's day. And I think there was like 300 people It made national news. Cause how dare they go to church and gather to worship on mother's day when they're going to kill all these people. And everybody's freaking out that Butte County was going to have this massive increase in COVID cases. You guys, nothing happened. I waited two weeks. I intentionally was like, let's wait two weeks and see what happens. Oroville wasn't flooded. Um, and low wasn't flooded. Those are our two local hospitals. And so we just, we made the decision to travel and, and have a great summer with our children and everybody was wearing masks. And I remember the Bay area in California, some of the more, you know, liberal areas were saying, okay, we have mask mandates. You have to wear a mask now at the grocery store. And I remember thinking, what I'll wear a mask if I want to, but if I don't want to, how can you force me to cover my face mm-hmm. like that? It just didn't feel right in my gut. And I thought that'll never happen in Butte County. I live in rural Northern California, it'll never happen. And surely it started trickling in. And then pretty soon everybody, just like the shutdown, when we shut down, it was just like that. It's like, all of a sudden, everybody has a mask on. And, um, the, the difference that I've seen in, and you've seen, we see the difference in other States like Tennessee, but the difference in California is people feel like they can, anybody, it doesn't matter who they are. They can get in your face and tell you that you should be wearing a mask. Like everyone is just jumping in your face. And the one difference between where I live in rural California and the Bay area is that we have been open. Even we stopped paying attention to these, um, the overreach of power that our governor Newsom has um, implemented with the different tier system. Mm -hmm. Um, We are, a lot of our restaurant owners and business owners just started practicing civil disobedience. They have a right to work. Mm -hmm. They have a right to feed their families. And if the citizens want to, go to their restaurants and enjoy dinner with their families. We have the right to make that decision. And so our restaurants, a lot of them were, have been open. Whereas a lot in the Bay area until just, I think the last few weeks, it has been massively shut down. It's like a ghost town. Oh, that's so, yeah, we have not had, um, I, there was a little stretch, you know, I think, like you said, at the beginning of this in March and even into April and maybe even into May, it's all one big long month. That first beginning of this was just like the longest month of a hundred days ever. Um, you know, I think we did see a lot more shutting down. People were just taking it seriously. We didn't know you guys, we did not know what this was going to look like. And as we kind of progressed and started to see how this was all, you know, developing and materializing. And of course we had real data. Cause like you said, at the beginning, it was 2.5 million people. Oh my goodness gracious. Absolutely. We need to take massive action against something like that. And I was fully believing that that was going to happen. And I, I'm grateful that that didn't happen. Right. That's, that's amazing. And here's the other thing I'm, I'm seeing as we've moved forward in this, you know, over the course of this year is it's almost like there's this aggressive response to good news, you know, Mm -hmm. It isn't spreading like we thought and people aren't actually, the survival rate is so much better than we initially thought. And it isn't affecting 
kids, praise Jesus, you know, like, and, and there's this re resistance to good news, you know, like the response I will often get when I'm having that kind of a conversation is, well, people are dying. People are really dying of this. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It doesn't negate the fact that there's good news coming out about this and that we don't have to be so, you know, crazy in our, you know, so fearful, I guess would be the right word, but you said something so brilliant, Katie, that the, the visual representation that that mask is on everyone's face is keeping it front of mind. Because if we did not have that mask, or if, if we're not walking around seeing even some of the population, cause where I'm at, you know, there's a lot of people that are not wearing the mask, but every time I leave my house, I see the mask every time I see the mask on somebody, right? You're totally right. We, we, we would just not be thinking about it nearly as much. I still get notified to my phone, um, of the, the caseload and the, you know, I'm sure I could turn it off if I could figure out how to do that. Um, but as of today, 37 minutes ago, I got a notice that in the state of Tennessee in the last 24 hours, we've had seven deaths, seven deaths in the state of Tennessee. I mean, that is not a lot. That is not a lot. We would be all but moved on if it were not from that, for that mask being on everybody's face and go ahead. Yeah, no, I love that you talked about the, the people's, the negativity that they're almost like craving from this. It's like a very small percentage of people, I think that are almost like they, they want to, um, dispute the positive news. And they, there are some people that love to live in a pit and what's happening is the rest of us love to be, um, compliant because we're, we're raised to be, we're a land of laws and we want to be compliant and do the right thing. <clears throat> so we put on the mask. And that just keeps the, the, it keeps telling everyone the COVID is alive. COVID's still very, very serious. But if you start asking yourself those questions, are the hospitals full? Why are we still wearing masks? Do people really believe masks work? I mean, I'm hanging out with people. It's a virtue signal, right? Like I'm hanging out with people who put on the mask, even though I also go to the same places with them where it's socially acceptable to take it off. There could be 500 people in the room. They take it off. They're fine with that but they'll put the mask on when it, when they feel like it's the right thing to do. You guys, we need more courage because if we took the mask off, it would actually send a really clear message that we, the people know what's right for our health. And we, the people are in control because the government works for us mm -hmm. and that we, the people will make a decision of what's best for us. And COVID is not turning out to be as bad as we thought it was. And I also think Wendy, you and I have talked about this so many times, and I want to make this clear for anybody who wears a mask. I am proud of your decision to wear a mask when there's a room of 500 people who are not wearing a mask. Like I went to church with Wendy in Nashville and there might've been, I don't know, 500 people there and probably 10 people were wearing masks. Masks, Good for those people. They were making a decision that's right for them. I believe in freedom, but don't tell me or my children that they have to wear a mask all day long, even outside in a beautiful you know, sunny day where it has been proven that the virus does not live under the sun, that my children have to wear a mask all day at school. Mm, yes. That's so sad. I mean, when you're looking at, um, there's a number of studies. I mean, I just recently did go and look at the studies about the mask on, that are provided on the CDC, like that the mask works and the studies are very anecdotal, you know, like there was 70 people in a salon and they were all wearing masks and nobody got COVID and therefore masks work. And I'm like, 
that's not really a control study where, you know, that sounds like good luck of the draw, you know, awesome. Um, but it's when you look at, there's so many studies out there from all across the, the globe in all kinds of different medical research facilities that are showing that they don't work, right? They're, they're not working. And I, then when that's coming out, when you're seeing all these studies that are showing that the masks are not working, then we have to go back to that question. Well, why are we insisting on them if they're mm -hmm. not working? And I think you just nailed it that it's keeping the virus alive and well, otherwise mm -hmm. we wouldn't have much to point to, uh, you know, because we have seven deaths in Tennessee, you know, like, I'm like, how many people died in a car accident in Tennessee in the last 24 hours? Surely way more than seven, mm -hmm. but that's not being reported to my phone, you know? So how are they going to get people to go back to living normal life? I've heard so many people say, I'll take the vaccine, right? I think that's the real goal here. The mask is a symbol that COVID is alive. The mask is also a symbol that we are compliant and that who they own us as a society. We are all wearing the mask and we are either in fear or we want to be compliant with the rules. And so they're going to take it. You give them an inch, they'll take a mile. And now you have kids that are 17 years old lining up for the vaccine so they can play college sports or live in the dorms and get back to normal. Well, one of the things is I've never stopped living a normal life other than a few things that I've had to do, you know, that I've been forced to, I've been traveling, we've been enjoying our life. So I really hope that I'm just, I just, I was shopping at the mall yesterday and I, to go into Nordstrom, you have to wear a mask. So I can choose not to go into Nordstrom, but the rest of the mall, I didn't. And there's a bunch of stores that don't require a mask. I just walk in and I was walking through the mall without my mask and everybody's got a mask on. And I saw this couple who was probably in their fifties and they saw me and I saw them. We locked arms. It was almost like we wanted to like hug each other, you know, like, no, they did not have masks on. That's what I meant to say. And it was like, you just want to high five them. Like, can we get some more people to take these things off, please? And of course, like you said, if, if, if it's giving you comfort and you want to wear your mask, wear your mask as much as you want, that's totally your prerogative. And if that is, you know, when, we, if we can rewind back to Fauci at the beginning of this said, the mask is giving people false confidence. This is, he said this back in March and he, he encouraged people to not be wearing masks. And just recently I read an article that he says, I don't regret saying that. The reason I said that is we didn't have enough masks for uh, the medical professionals at the time or, or we thought we didn't. So we didn't want a bunch of people running out and buying masks. I'm like, that is a really dishonest approach. If you were encouraging people not to wear masks then, because you needed them for the medical professionals. But now you're saying that's why you said that. And we really do need them. I'm like, I just, he has lost so much credibility for me over the time, over this year. I just can't even believe he's still in that position of um, authority. And of course, reading, I know Florida is like the magical unicorn state that everybody hates right now because it's the fourth largest population I think might be the third largest what do we have California Texas Florida yeah what would what would I think those are the top three populous states okay. maybe New York maybe New York maybe New York yeah population wise but it's definitely within the top four and when you compare Florida to California the California has had the some of the most aggressive lockdowns, mask mandates, masks outside, double masks, et cetera, et cetera. And Florida has kind of taken the opposite approach, not locked down, you know, 
open, all stores are open, all things go. And they're almost identical in a year later in their, you know, COVID um, rates, you know, the, the, both the case count as well as the deaths, you know, so it's just so interesting to see that playing out in real data in real time that you can't say that's not true. You can't say that's an opinion. This is actually happening. So let's move forward a little bit here, Katie, because I know that, like I said, this is a hill that you really want to die on and you're super passionate. You've even said that you'll take your kids out of school. If they are forced to wear a mask next year, you're not going to put them in school. You're going to go down the homeschool road, which I fully support, by the way, I think you should <laughs> But that is a hard decision to make. So obviously this is something you feel really passionate about. What are some of the things that you've done in your area um, to kind of empower people? And what are some steps people can take if they're feeling like you're saying, I don't want to wear this mask. I don't think it works, but I'm nervous to not be compliant. You know, what are some, what are some things you've done and what are some things you would tell people to do? Well, I think the first thing is when you were talking about, like, we, we both feel like freedom, right? So if you want to wear a mask, wear a mask, but I really want to encourage people to ask themselves, is it that I'm scared or fear? Do I really feel like the mask is protecting me? That's what I should, how I should say it. Or am I doing this to please others? Mm-hmm. Because again, if we're having this visual, if we're all wearing masks and we have this visual, we're never going to get out of this mask and it's going to lead to other things like these vaccines. And again, if you want to get the vaccine medical freedom all day long, but I have a problem with vaccine passports. You know, I have a real big problem with that. So, um, I think that one of the things is I want to encourage people to think about, like, I have to get really strong in my feelings because how far am I willing to take this? And, um, one of the things that I've done is, um, I was feeling, I think again, with the mask as a symbol that COVID's alive, we start to lose hope. And so my journey was in the summer, I traveled a ton and I was realizing everybody was wearing a mask and I was starting to lose hope that this thing was ever going to end 15 days to slow the spread. And now we're in middle of summer. Okay. And, um, August is happening and now businesses are, they've hung on as long as they could hang on. And now they're really starting to struggle. And in my area, there was, um, after we had a bunch of wildfires that destroyed massive amounts of homes. And, um, I live right near paradise with the campfire. And then this last year we had another big one in or outside of Oroville, um, the town got together and they said, you know what, our neighbors, you might be not, you might not be hungry, but your neighbors are starving. And we know now enough about this virus. We've got to get back to normal. You have a right to work. You have a right to feed your children and we should want to work. Mm-hmm. We should want to go do those things. So we held a rally in Chico that that's called, we created a Facebook page, 6,000 people joined in a few days. And wow. we, we called it citizens for opening Chico and Butte County. And we had a rally and we had 500 people and we prayed and we um, spent time talking about um, faith over fear. And we talked, we had some, we had a suicide specialist, a mental health specialist talk. Um, we had a couple nurses talk and people all came some, a couple people were wearing masks because that was their right. But most of us were not. I had people drag me through the mud on social media, telling me this was a super spreader event, all of these things. But you know what that event gave? It gave hope to business owners that citizens would support them if they opened up and they had no choice that they had to make a decision to open up. And when they just made the decision to open up, they had to make a decision if they were going to enforce masks. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you, this group of people are supporting stores that honor freedom. And so one of the things that you can do is start, um, you know, I think um, forming groups with like-minded people and start telling businesses, we support you. 
and, um, and take them off. The other thing is I've, I've talked to a lot of people about like, okay, I don't believe in the mask. I don't think it's saving me or I don't think it's going to hurt other people, especially if I'm staying six feet away. I just want to take this thing off, but I'm scared. And what I would say is it starts with a decision. My husband and I talked about this when he first took it off and it, you have to make the decision before you go into the store. I'm not going to wear the mask. I'm going to take it off. And if they tell me to go, I'll go find another place where I can shop. But you know what I always do, Wendy, I never, um, I walk in without a mask and I make them tell me to put it on. Mm-hmm. First of all, I want people to be uncomfortable about this because otherwise we're never going to get these things off. We have to have civil disobedience. It's the only way through this. Um, so I take it off and then I make them tell me if they want me to put it on. And if they ask me, if they say, um, I have a mask, here it is. Some people I think would just take it and put it on. Cause again, they want to be obedient and they want to be compliant, but I say, oh no, thank you. I can't wear one. And then I just move on. They usually will drop it at that point. I can tell the difference between when I walk into a store and they say, ma'am, you have to have a mask or you can't shop here by now. They're very, it's black or white. Um, but I, if I, if they, if they kind of are tiptoeing around me, I know that they're not really going to enforce it. And then I just walk through. And as I'm walking through, I think the next question people have is, well, everyone's going to be thinking I'm terrible. And I'm going to be the only one without a mask. And I'm going to stand out like a sore thumb. I smile at everyone. You guys find children to smile at babies are are being raised without people's energy through their smile. And I smile at people and I just assume that they're inspired by me because I can make a choice, right? I can assume that they're thinking I'm going to mass murder everyone through spreading this virus, (laughs) (laughs) or I can assume that they're inspired. And I have made the best friends and connected with the strongest people through this journey of just taking the mask off. I love that to smile at people. I think that's an important first step. I agree. I did the exact same thing as I was navigating this and I'm an introvert, you know, Katie, if you know anything about the Enneagram, she's a seven, if you haven't picked up on all that energy in her voice. Um, so you're much more of a bold personality, you know, I'm sure you would agree with that. So if you're somebody that's a little bit more reserved, like you said, a great step If you're feeling convicted, if you're not feeling convicted to take off the mask, wear the mask. But if you're feeling convicted to take off the mask, make them ask you to put it on. I think that's such a good, good first step because you're totally right. The second that I just stopped putting it on, no one even mentions it when I, I mean, I walked into the post office today, she's wearing a mask. There is a sign on the door. I go in, she smiles at me. Hello. We never even had a conversation about the mask. Didn't even come up. I just engaged in my business and went on my way, my merry way. And even in stores that, um, have been, you know, like target has taken a stance and, you know, some of these trader Joe's, you know, the chains that are nationwide, they have been kind of strict everywhere. Right. But I'm starting to notice that even those stores that I felt, wow, they're going to give me a hard time. You're exactly right. They ask me to put it on. I say, no, thanks. And then the it's dead in the water, right? Like it really is it's not a law. It is not You're a free. law. You have constitutional rights. You have God-given rights and free people don't ask for permission. I walk through, like I own the place. And if I know I don't. So if they are like, if it's, especially if it's a small store and they say, sorry, ma'am, you have to um, wear a mask or you'll wait out. They usually will tell me, or you can wait outside and we can bring you your items. Then I just respect that small business owner. And I say, okay, thank you. I'll shop somewhere else. You know, that's their decision. I'm making my decision. I think that's important to shop with your dollars that is becoming more and more important because you guys, these corporations are 
banding together to be weaponized against the people, but we still remain the people who have to spend the dollars at these corporations. You know, you don't get your third, fourth, fifth, sixth yacht CEO of Walmart if we're not shopping there anymore. You know, if people are, are you know, using the free market system to empower the small business owners, I think this is a wonderful opportunity. We all say that's what we want. Before COVID, we all were like, shop small. We love small businesses. Buy local. You know, this was all a thing before COVID. Well, now you now's your chance to do that, to really do that and empower those small business owners because you're exactly right. What I'm noticing is small business owners that felt, you know, um, disproportionately discriminated against because my small business, my small hardware store friend could not be open and Walmart with their hardware store, you know, okay, COVID doesn't spread around this hammer, but it definitely spreads around this hammer. You guys, if you really look at it, this whole thing has been so arbitrary and they chose ahead of time who the winners are going to be. So small business owners are feeling disproportionately discriminated against. So they are more willing. I, I feel I've seen to be braver and say, I don't care, please come in. I don't do whatever you want. I respect your right to not wear a mask. If just come on in and shop at my store. (laughs) Nothing to lose at this point. Exactly. So this is the chance for us to kind of switch our, our, our voting with our dollars and really support those small businesses. I think that people just need to keep asking questions. Like just let's not walk around like zombies. You guys, like let's ask questions when I've, I've flown probably six or seven times in the last four months, five months, and you get on the plane and everyone's super uptight and rigid. Cause we all have this mask. No one's smiling. No one's talking. It's just super rigid. You sit down, you've got your seatbelt on. As soon as we take off the beverage cart comes rolling down the aisle and everyone just relaxes, takes their mask off and starts drinking or chewing on ice. And it's like, there's no social distance. We're all cramped. I've not been on a single flight in the last five months that hasn't been shoulder to shoulder. Every time I get on the plane, I say, ma'am, is this a full flight? And they say hundred percent. It is like, they're kicking people off the flight because it's full. And, um, and I'm thinking to myself, how is this okay that stores in California restaurants c- still can't dine inside, but I can jam people shoulder to shoulder on an airplane and take off the mask so we can all take a drink of our soda for an hour. Like it's so hypocritical to me. And I really do. That's why you asked that, you know, why is this the hill you die on? Because the mask is a symbol that COVID is alive and we've got to take it off. What is the cost if we don't? And, um, I think we're thinking pretty clearly. Yep. We're seeing it pretty clearly in the next, these last few days, it's all about the vaccine passports. It's really pushing us. It's already conditioned us. Like you said, to be compliant just do what you're supposed to do. Don't ask questions, do what you're supposed to do. Don't ask questions. And now we're seeing people, um, line up to take this to, like you said, to get back to normal life, which isn't the case guys. They're even saying we still have to wear masks. We, you know, nothing can be open, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, there is no normal life promised to get this vaccine. I've already done a podcast about my, you know, my hesitations around the vaccine, but, um, yes, I think you're exactly right. This wasn't, this was an exercise in how, how much we can force people's compliance with very little evidence and absolutely arbitrary rules, right? I mean, that's what we've had. That's what we've lived in. And, and again, most people are just acting out of compliance because we don't like confrontation. And I totally understand that, but that, (laughs) you know, like we have to look forward to our kids 
and the future generations, like, oh my goodness gracious, you know, my pastor said something that applied in a totally different context, but what we tolerate the next generation accepts what we tolerate our kids will accept as absolute normal rule, right? That'll be just the way of the land. And so even if you're uncomfortable, you have to look forward to what, what are we leaving to our children? What kind of a world of just arbitrary rule following say, yes, don't ask questions, get an injection of an experimental drug. Like just do it, just do it. You're you're totally right. That is absolutely an exercise in that. But yeah, I, I love this. I love that event you talked about Katie with the rally and, and having suicide prevention and nurses talking. I think that's so great. And I, I would love to see more people who are um, feeling really convicted and bold to organize things like that because information is so powerful, right? But thank you so much, Katie, for coming on and having this conversation. It is, um, it's hard. It's hard to talk about this. It's hard to put yourself out there. Um, I'm certain we'll be called names and, and, you know, told we're crazy and maybe we are, but we'll be free and crazy. Right. I'm used to that, but you know, it is hard. It's hard. But when you get past all the emotion, cause we know our emotions will absolutely use us. But when we get past the emotion, we stop worrying about what other people think we have. If we're obedient to what our gut and our heart is telling us, it's really simple to take the mask off. So I'm not here to change anybody's mind or convince them, but I know there's people I was at, I'll just end with this. Sorry. Um, I was at a lacrosse game this weekend and they were no, not one person. There's a few hundred, few hundred adults out there, shoulder to shoulder, sitting in chairs, not wearing masks, but the little league team got an email that said that they have to wear masks. This is all liability. This is not science. This is just, everyone's worried about liability. So they're all going to wear a mask. So both events are outside. One is mask free. The other one has to wear masks. I know that the people at the lacrosse game, they obviously don't feel the need to wear a mask because they're not wearing it. Right. So why are we all putting them on? It's really quite simple. It's very simple and easy if we just take it off. off. So mm, I so agree with you. Well, thank you so much for coming on and I hope that was useful for y'all. Hey guys, thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate this podcast and tell all your friends. And of course, catch me over at gainingmyperspective.com. Dear Heavenly Father, we are just so grateful. We come to you in praise today. Praise above all else because of your goodness, Lord, because of who you are, not because of what you do, but because of who you are. And we know and we trust that there's not a thing that happens on this earth that does not pass through your hands, Lord. And so we trust in your will, your plans, and we just ask for discernment, Lord, as the greater church. We just ask to hear your voice and to clearly understand what it is you'd have us do and who you'd have us trust, Lord. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen.